How's it going, folks? Welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Today we are doing a, um, I want to play a game episode where we're going to be discussing not a movie, not a film, not a show, a video game. And of course, hosting this game is someone who just loves video games so much. I am the apex of the video game players of this group here. Um, I am the achievement hunter uh, aficionado. I hunt those achievements and gather and destroy them. And I have every single trophy ever known to man. Ian, to ease, Ghost of Ian. Uh, Ghost of Shishima. <laughs> hey! And a menace. Um... I'm your host today. I fucking hate video games. I'm just kidding. Uh, to my virtual left, we have Kyle. He writes with a number two pencil. He's number one in our hearts. Kyle, the slick back Cadillac, the black. number 16 doctor. How you doing? There's no way I could top your intro. So I'll just go ahead and say that I love... I love the fact that every time you introduce me as one of the doctors, you change the number every time. <laughs> it fucking cracks me up. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, thank you. Yeah, I have to let it know. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. That it's said by someone who has nothing to do or knows nothing about the Doctor Who series. So the fact that I don't know what number they're on. You didn't have to explain it. That was yeah. You know, no, no, no. Now you've ruined so, it a little for bit. Listeners, for now listeners. you've ruined it a little bit though. Uh, for our listeners. Um, and to my virtual right, we have the absolute Mr. Fantastic back. He always comes back when he's done protecting us from that evil villain Doctor Doom. Brendan. Hi. Let's go. Good. How are you doing? Good. Nice. You had so much more energy on your other podcast. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that's something. the one. That's the one I'll do. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I will say it was they asked me the day before if I could fill in. And I was like, sure. And you're like, I already watched the movie. Anyway, I already watched so the movie a week and a half ago. So no, perfect that's, time. That, that's why I watched the fucking movie. I wasn't going to watch it any other reason. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. Um, I think, do we want to make this an official rule where in our gaming episodes, we are only allowed to recommend non-film related recommendations? I don't know. So we, we recommend We didn't, we didn't have Rex on Killer Frequency, so it's really up to you. I think I want to do that. We did on Bloodwash, though. Hmm. On Bloodwash, perhaps I don't remember, but uh, well, fucking a man. We're gonna do Rex, and we're not gonna mention movies on this episode. So, Kyle, we're gonna start with you. I would have had a wreck this week, <laughs> a really good one, but uh, I purchased Final Fantasy 16, and uh, it's not living up to the hype for me. Not digging it too much. Um, so I, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> at least I had a, a, a few days off, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, so Final Fantasy 16, it's okay. I don't know if I'm going to play it and finish it yet. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of just not vibing with it at all. 
Uh, I put it on for a little bit this morning, and the I, there's so much cutscene that I hardly got a chance to play it, so I kind of just got bored and turned it off. So I started playing Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster and started with Final Fantasy 1 because I've never played that. And uh, so far, that's going good. I'm playing that on my Switch. But uh, other than that, um, I got Stay Out of the House by Puppet Combo. Haven't started that yet, but I'm going to start that probably pretty soon here. But yeah. It's a wildly unfortunate thing for the Final Fantasy because you hyped it up a lot. I was very excited about it. Like it was, uh, it seemed like a turning point for the franchise, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a uh, a reboot of sorts. Even though fifteen was kind of the reboot, yeah. Uh, Sixteen had all the right names attached. It's like if you had a Avengers team of uh, a oh, movie okay. studio, and they were all coming together, the perfect. Uh, fucking composer with the perfect director with the perfect fucking cinematographer with the perfect makeup artist like it's like everything was aligned for this to be a home run and for some people it was some people are really enjoying the game and like I've said in the discord it's not a bad game by any means the fucking production value is insane like one of the probably best looking games I've ever played in my entire life but it's missing it's missing to me what makes Final Fantasy a Final Fantasy game and what draws me to it. And so for that, it was pretty disappointing so far for me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it didn't affect me that much, though. Like, it's fine. I'm kind of used to being disappointed. So uh, it wasn't a big deal when it didn't vibe with me. But I was, I was looking forward to it. And it's not what I wanted. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad you could come on here and recommend it to us. Um, Brendan, Mr. Fantastic, what is your recommendation for uh, this week? Um, <clears throat> my non-movie recommendation has got to be uh, David Sodergren, uh, uh author, sent me a copy of his new book, um, And By God's Hand You Shall Die which is his uh it's a literal a literary literary homage to Lucio Fulci um and for for films specifically it's uh basic outline is it takes place in Manhattan in the 1970s and uh David Sodergren lives in uh, I think Scotland by the way so uh how he was able to accurately depict New York was was kind of impressive a lot of it did feel like uh, how Fulci uh, filmed New York um, or what he thought New York would be. Um, anyways, I'm getting off the point. Uh, it takes place 1970s Manhattan. A uh, There's uh, the main character, Candy. She's a sex worker um, at a brothel. And uh, basically, uh, the, the brothel was built on the ashes of a burned down church. Uh, and there's all these religious zealots that protest the, the brothel daily. And one day they take things a little too far and they lock the sex workers in the building with their johns. Uh, and then things get a little apocalyptic. Yeah. And by johns, you mean. 
Uh, that that's what they call like uh, the the men coming in to pay for oh. sex. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So it is hands down the most. Called Ian's. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's hands down the most uh, extreme thing that he's written so far. His book, The Perfect Victim, was I would say before this was his most extreme. Uh, but the way that this man writes is just fucking unparalleled. Uh, I, he's hands down my my favorite author. Um, by the time this episode comes out, I, the book releases, I think, June 30th. So by the time this comes out, uh, it's available for purchase. But I highly, highly recommend it, especially if you're a Fulci fan. Um, it's, uh, it's spectacular. And his, his books are only like nine ninety nine, super affordable, uh, 300, 350 pages, super, it, not easy to read. I don't want that to sound like a slight. Um, it's just like, uh, yeah, no, they are easy to read. As someone who doesn't read a lot, like I read one of his books and, uh, yeah, they are like, it goes quick, but in a good yeah, way. Yeah. In like, a, yeah, you, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, highly recommend it, and the cover is fucking amazing. It, his his covers are always the best. Um, Ian, what about you? Um, well, I've been catching up with my mangas. I read uh, the newest volume of Frerin, um, volume eight, and it is still absolutely banging. Uh, I love that series. It's a fantasy uh, journey adventure kind of series. Not too much action, but uh, uh, it's really great. Uh, but my recommendation for this week is going to be um, a new series I've, I've picked up. Uh, I've only read the first volume, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's called uh, Opossums, uh, and the author is Sutomu Nehi. Uh, and it's a dark fantasy sci-fi uh, kind of thing. And it's uh, it's very good. It's very good so far. Um, but we're not here to talk about our recommendations we're here to play we're here to talk about what we played <laughs> which is the 2017 released game little nightmares and brendan you are going to hit us with our uh, Little Nightmares is a 2017 horror puzzle platformer uh, developed by Tarsier Tarsier is it is it is from. it French? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, we'll say Tarsier Studios and published by Bandai Namco. Uh, with a lack of combat abilities, your character six must rely on stealth and the environment to escape the mall. Although the dev team does push back on the stealth environment since six is a child by labeling it more as a vicious game of hide and seek. Little Nightmares was announced under the title Hunger in 2014, but would go quiet for nearly two years. Uh, Bandai Namco then stated that they picked it up uh, for worldwide publishing. Uh, one of the biggest changes that Bandai Namco would make is to the name. Worried audiences might get hunger mixed up with the Hunger Games film when googling the title. So they changed it to Little Nightmares. Uh, this game would quickly go on to gain a cult following in part to its horrifically ambiguous story prompting hundreds if not thousands of theories across the internet. Uh, Bandai Namco would uh, label Little Nightmares as, quote, a headline IP, and a sequel was greenlit nearly automatically, uh, as well as mobile games, comic books, and a TV series currently in development with the Russo brothers on board and directed by Henry Selleck. But oh. what, did, what did we think of the game? And more importantly, 
Did we understand it? Let's find out. You know, uh, the the Henry Selleck thing, when I when I read that, I thought that was really cool. And yeah. the Russo brothers as well. The Russo brothers. Interesting. Interesting. Um, we are now going to get... Thank you, Brennan, for your amazing fear facts. Um, we are now going to get into our full thoughts. And would you buy it? Where'd you play it? Kyle, we're going to start with you, big boy. Also, Ooh. question, what are you wearing? What is would that? I play it? I would hope I played it because we're about to <laughs> talk say, about it. Would, would you play it? Uh, yeah, you did. It's fine. Well, I said, where'd you play it? Gotcha. Um, I'm wearing a Injustice 2 uh, jersey. Gotcha. I thought got, that was a video game jersey. It's, it's got Batman on the front. It's got DC on the side. Uh, I was going to wear it to the Flash uh, viewing that we saw, but I'm not a little bitch, you know. But um, uh, would I play it? Uh, yes, I would play it. And where did I play it? Uh, I played it on my Xbox Series X, and I also played it on Steam. Uh, I own this game on PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. <laughs> so I've purchased it twice, and I've gotten it free on PlayStation through PlayStation Plus, I think. Um, I've had this game for a long time. It's been on my radar for a long time. Um, I'm very into double A games, as you guys know. Um, I'm also really into 2D side scrollers, especially horror 2D side scrollers. One of my favorite games is Inside by um, Playdead Studios, I believe they're called. And uh, it has a similar kind of atmosphere as this game. It, it, there's a lot of things that reminded me of it. But uh, yeah, so I've had this on my radar for a long time. For one reason or another, I it, it's one of those games where like I tried to start a couple times, and because I only got uh, maybe like twenty or so minutes in, like four or five different occasions, I just kind of burnt myself out on kind of starting it to completion because I've played the beginning so much. But because we wanted to cover it on the podcast, it finally gave me a good reason to stick the landing and and play the whole game and i'm really glad i did it is amazing i i i love this game um it's already a kyle ass game just by nature of what it is and um i think that when you take a 2d game like this there's a few different art directions that you can go in and this one has a very unique one um i love the way they implement the art style into the background storytelling and what everything looks like and your focus is more on everything happening around you than almost the main character and i just love everything down to the creature design um there's some mind-boggling shit when you actually realize like what you're on and where you're at and it's uh i was getting spirited away vibes at some parts i was getting uh just Super dark horror vibes. It's 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 a really special game, and um, I've read a lot of theories online prior to this. I'm not going to bring those theories up because I'm just going to uh, talk about like what I thought. But it's really cool that there's a lot that can be said about this game in a lot of different ways that this game is interpreted by people. Um, I think for that alone, it's very special, and I can see why even on Steam, it's got tens of thousands of positive reviews and uh xbox is the same it's like four point something out of five and it's just there's a lot of love for this game and i'm also a big fan of the bandai namco publisher because they take a lot of 
they 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 publish a lot of different styles of games and this is an example of i think taking a risk but this game also probably wasn't made with that high of a budget um so the return on investment is probably huge on this game and with a good reason why a sequel was made which i bought that on a sale and i'm very excited to start that um knowing that i have more little nightmares to play and knowing that it's it's better reviewed than the first game has me really excited um but yeah no i uh i really like the game and uh i'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it well hell yeah it's good to hear um brendan full thoughts would you play it <laughs> where did you play it would you buy it a physical copy uh i would never play this game um i played it on <laughs> playstation 5 uh i didn't pay for it i got it uh like kyle during one of the 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 free it was when it was one of the free games of the month like five six months ago but i would have happily paid for it i'm not i'm not sure how much it costs it's probably like 19.99 or 29.99 i don't know if you guys know yeah it's 20 like normal but it's on sale all the time yeah like i've yeah. seen it on sale like it like in the past like six months alone i've seen it on sale like 10 or 20 times usually yeah, in the combo pack as well yeah yeah um you yeah, know i i would i would totally buy a physical copy of this or i would even buy it digitally i'd prefer physical um I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Kind of like Kyle, it's a game that I had started maybe maybe not four or five, I think maybe two or three times I had started it, and I just, uh, for whatever reason, couldn't get past chapter one. Or I could get past, I just stopped playing before uh, the end of chapter one. Uh, I'm happy that, uh, Ian, that you picked this game because uh, it's a it's a very special game. It's dark, it's sad, it's it's beyond tragic. Uh, especially if I'm gonna, because I kind of want to go with the theory that Kyle you sent me in a video. Uh, I think that kind of makes the most sense for a game that has literally no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah, the character designs, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about absolutely fascinating i like how it kind of reimagines boss battles a little bit and i can go into that later on if we want but yeah just in all i almost just gave you my, my star rating on it um let's go it, <laughs> <laughs> uh an overall an overall fun game i really appreciated being able to watch uh um kyle's uh road to platinuming the game i i tried it i could i couldn't do it uh, yeah let me just say that breaking up my work week with that was one of the most enjoyable experiences i've had in a long time being able to just shoot the shit with you and i don't think i would have been able to obtain the 100 percent completion as fast as i did if i didn't have you just like there on that journey because like, you were honestly a a a welcomed not just like a welcome distraction from the anxiety yeah. of like trying to hit those challenges, but sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean yeah, no, it was, it was extremely fun and also made, cause I was watching it while I was working. So it also made my work a lot more enjoyable. Uh, I, I can't recommend this game enough and I, I'm, I'm not huge on the platformers. I like them, but I fall a lot, which is why I can't complete the platinum for this game. 
uh, I can beat all the bosses just fine, but it's the the platforming that uh that gets me. So it's a hard game, dude. Yeah. It's a hard game. This game? Yeah. If you if you're trying to get the Ooh, we got a Twitch fucking MLG guy over here, Ian. <laughs> talk to us. Uh what did you think about Little Nightmares? Um, well, I love, love, love stop motion animation and that style of art. Um, but I'm not a big fan of single player games. I don't play them that often, unless it's a Fire Emblem game, then I'll play it. But, uh, so you do play single person games? Oh, yeah. Every like, I'd say like once a year, once every two years, whenever a Fire Emblem game comes out. Um, but this one has always been on my radar. I've always wanted to play it. Um, I remember in 2017 when this came out, um, I was graduating high school, got a little, got, got some hair on my chest, you know, get my first PlayStation um, or my first PlayStation 4. I had a PS2 back in the day. But um, uh, I remember this very uh, specifically, and I always wanted to get this game, and I never really had the interest in single player games. So I'm glad we eventually decided to do this podcast and do this episode so I can actually play this darn game. Uh, and this was at the top for my list for sure. Uh, I played other games like, uh, I think it's like unravel. Um, I think that's a game where oh, it's like, that's like the Yarny dude. Yeah. His name's Yarny. I bought that before I bought this game, which was a complete mistake. That game is is very fun. I, I do like that one, but I, I like this one a lot more. Just the horror elements, the whole like uh, Steven Spielberg, Henry Selick kind of feel it has to it. It's uh, really cool. And um, I, I, I've, I've seen a lot on this game without actually playing it. Um, things on YouTube like uh, custom made claymation uh, yeah. for it and... Um, yeah, there's a lot of positive feedback for this game. Um, but overall, I think I just mainly like the art style the most, which gets us into our first question. Without getting into the characters just yet, what do you guys think of the art style? And I'm going to go with Brendan, oh. Mr. Fantastic first. Uh, <clears throat> I appreciated it. Very much. I'm a bit less into the I, I if we're gonna call this the Henry Selleck style. Um, I'm a little I'm cool bit with it. okay. Uh, I I appreciate it. I understand the time, effort, and artistry uh, that that goes into it. It doesn't necessarily jump to the top of my list as favorite things to look at, but here I think it helps create a bit more of a fantastical element to this to the story and it makes everything a little bit more easy to accept as reality for the world of this game yeah no it's not like full claymation stop motion where there's like frames that are dropping or anything cell shading is that the right word no this isn't cell shading oh, okay this, I, I mean i think that's this is probably its biggest draw for somebody who hasn't played it right like the if visual. you're looking at the game's trailer if you're looking at the box i think that art style probably sells it mm -hmm. it's funny I, I had to google really quick who henry Selick was i know the name i just don't know like all of his work and before going or before looking it up i was thinking that like 
I was like, Coraline's dad looks like like a character in this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I looked it up real quick and he was like, Coraline. I was like, yeah, okay. like boom. <laughs> Makes sense. There we go. There it is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I love the art style. I think that's probably its biggest selling point, especially in the l- later half of the game. Um, mm-hmm. When it starts to really show more of the world, quote unquote, but... I'm not quoting anybody. I don't know why I said quote, unquote. <laughs> um, but I'm quoting myself. Um, no, I I appreciate the art style. The like the creature design, like the monsters, look fucking awesome. Down to the small details of like, I'm just gonna get into it really quick. I'm sorry if you wanted to talk about the characters, but sure. like the chef, how like that's not their real face. It's a mask yes. that they're wearing, and they're constantly mm-hmm. like raising it to itch their skin underneath. Like I wonder what their face looks like. Um, Probably all scabby and like looks like it has like fucking psoriasis and shit. Yeah, yeah, a <laughs> lot of a a lot of little details in this art style. And honestly, I can't picture this any other way. It stands out above a lot of games because you can put a lot of games together and maybe not even tell them apart, but you look at little nightmares and you know, this is a, a little nightmares game. And I just appreciate it for that. At least. Good. So, uh, that was one thing I wanted to bring up the mask for the chef. Cause I didn't realize until I watched the, the child slavery video that you sent me, Kyle, uh, I, I'm sorry, child, child slavery. <laughs> theory video uh that, that sounded bad uh <laughs> yeah, i was like I ain't, I ain't watching that fbi uh erase that scan please <laughs> um so it, that video is where i first realized that the chef was wearing a mask so i i you know i i that makes sense but does that mean they're also wearing a fat suit i don't know i don't know i I noticed the mask is he was cutting the thing and then like mm-hmm. you see him pick it up and like reach his hand underneath and I was like, oh, that's weird. But um, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they are like more like the jailer size inside. And, oh, you know, that's, that's even more terrifying, right? Like, and it's just like a big because if you look at the like the like it is all saggy, right? Like it's almost like it doesn't fit their proportion of their body. Yeah. Like that's kind of what the the chefs look like. So maybe they are like smaller on the inside like even like down to uh the monster in the oh actually you, you guys didn't play the dlc right no oh, okay so you know the room with the books and like it's like a monster's chasing you in the books and then yeah. like you're jumping from platform to platform yeah. mm-hmm. well in the dlc you kind of get to see what that monster looks like Ooh. and uh it is very lengthy like everything's very like lengthy the only real fat people in the game are like the people coming on the boat at the end from what i can yeah. tell Sorry, okay. I didn't mean to derail that conversation. But to answer that, your question, yeah, I don't know sense. what they look like underneath. Like, it could be something different. Do you think the chefs wear that suit so they can relate more to the customers in a way? Well, it, I, feel, I feel like it kind of goes also back to that adage of, like, never trust a skinny chef. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. But also these the the hunger. I think that's what the people are called, right? The hunger, the fat, the fat cats that come in, um, whatever they're called. I think it kind of uh, shows that they'll eat anything that's in front of them, though. Oh yeah. So, so I, I'm I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Um. What were your guys's favorite characters or creature design for the game? Also. Whoever did the art design and the like, the lore creation for this game, fantastic job. This was 
amazing. Like what the, the whole fat suit thing, like that could mean so many different things, mm-hmm. but that's just, just like a small added to this game. It's so hard to pick for me because they're all so fucking cool, right? Yeah. Like even down to, to the customers that are walking in at the very end, like the, the attention to detail when they're just like shoving their faces and stuff looks so cool. Um, just like they're manic eyes and like, they're just ravenous. Like, I don't know. It looks really cool. The, the, the creature that scares me the most by far is the jailer. His hands are just, they freak me the fuck out. The boss fight when like, he's like got the cage around him and you, you're literally just fighting his arms at that point. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really creepy. Um, but I have to give it to the lady probably like the last boss. I just, I know it's like a more simple design, but I love how it teases like in the very beginning with like seeing her true face and how she's always trying to hide her face. She can't look herself in the mirror. Like I just, I I love the whole design around that character and I love her little like him that she does. And she's just so cool. She was such a cool character to me. Like I just loved it, but I totally agree. And I think like having no dialogue and just going through the gameplay you and discovering the the little lore that you get for that character and then eventually how you fight her is you you have the mirror and she's like getting um uh, I, I don't know if she's i don't know what she is Brendan and I were talking about it when I was playing through my thing and uh like when you're going through her whole like kind of like living quarters at the end like all of her mirrors are broken she's brushing her hair into a broken mirror the only way to stop her at the end is to show her reflection to herself and it like you know it it kind of it breaks her but like i don't know it's so it's such a cool idea can i just say real quick how stupid i am that i didn't even notice that until kyle pointed it out to me like i i picked up i was like oh there's broken mirrors everywhere what the hell is that about and then and then kyle's like yeah so like this is pretty cool right i was like I, I don't get it. He was like, you realize the mirrors are broken and she can't look at herself. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> I think what's even more cool is the fact that you have to break a mirror to get the entryway to that actual boss. Oh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Um, I think her and the passengers are my favorites because some of them have mass some of them don't some of them are just like grubbing down and just they'll fall over the the table just to eat you and some are more a little more tame um it's it's weird it's a very weird time at the ending there especially when all of them are like gathered and just chasing you do you think that those masks that I, I, those masks that are worn by, so those are consumers. The, 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 the fat people, they're, they're consumers of the products that these, I'm falling into the, Kyle, you said you that corporations just shovel in front of consumers. Like we'll eat up anything that they throw at us. Like Mm -hmm. you want three iPhones a year. I'm going to buy all three iPhones every fucking year, even though I don't need it. Like they don't need all that food. They're already fat. They're already gluttonous. They're just fucking just taking in anything that we give them kind of thing. Yeah. And then, then they see six, six is the new thing. They try to go after six and you, you might even be able to make a, a comparison to, 
six. iPhone six. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Um. But so my my question is, some of these consumers that are wearing the masks while they're grubbing down CD shoppers. Just kidding. (laughs) Well, well, I mean, possibly. Or do you think that those are the consumers that realize that? They've done the research into the products, but they still, even though uh, they put suicide nets outside of the factories in Japan where they make Nikes or iPhones, um, they know the horrors that that they're indulging in, but they still do it anyway. So a mask is like an attempt to hide their kind of like uh, consumerism. Yeah. I like that idea. I think it's interesting to think like maybe they're embarrassed by their mm-hmm. sense of like having to need everything, having to want everything. Like it's almost Oh, um, so yours I, is more embarrassment. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking maybe like uh I no, I, I think that works. I'm jumping off of your theory and mm-hmm. I think that's a cool th- theory, but yeah. Yeah, I was thinking hiding shame for hiding sure. Hiding shame, yeah. Yeah. Um, um Can I just say my favorite my favorite character yeah. real quick? I, I, I would love to hear it, Brennan. I think hands down, I have to pick the jailer. The jailer is single-handedly the scariest thing in this game from his tiny, his tiny little feet. Like that should be cute. He's got long arms and tiny feet. That should be so cute. And then he has that. He's kind of cute. He has that lollipop (laughs) ass head and he, the, he has like the mask that's kind of pulled up, but he's chewed a hole into the mask. And his like bottom teeth are jutting out, and he's always doing that dry mouth thing where he's like, "Is the jailer wearing a mask too?" I didn't think uh, about that. It's like a bandana. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and in his tiny little hat, like everything about him should be so cute, but he's absolutely terrifying. And I think it was a very bold move. To use that character for to use that villain first, but that's the villain that we get the most of because I think we have him for two chapters, yeah. and then the twin chefs for like a chapter and a half. So he yeah. kind of reminds me of the I think it's Lucy's dad from Nightmare Before Christmas, the guy in the wheelchair with the oh, yeah, with, yeah, with the yeah, brain the scientist guy, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he look. He reminds me of of that guy. Um, is he the one who follows you into the like library thing, and he's like reaching over the yeah. bookshelves and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. That dude's scary as fuck. Um, and the whole boss situation, the boss fight. I I, mm-hmm. I had to look up a, a gameplay tutorial mm-hmm. to, on how to do that because I I was completely lost. That was probably the hardest um part for me. And also, um, this is a 2D game, but it has like depth to it. Yes, and I, love, anything, I love it. So like a, a like 2.5? It's trippy, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's more on the difficult side for me personally, because it's, it's just hard to get the, uh, the depth down. Like it took me way too many tries to get up the uh, outside of the boat. Because I just couldn't fucking get. It's so long. It was dude. That that moment in speedrunning, like when I'm trying to do my speedrun, that moment gives me anxiety because if you do, like, it's a one slip, like one little miss of a jump, one little angle you jump wrong, and you're like, "Fuck, dude!" Like your run is over, and that's at the end of the game. So you're just like, I have to start all the way over again. And I, I got all the way up, 
and I was um, going over the pipe, but I was too busy looking in the background at the, oh, the no. consumers that were coming in, and I fucking fell off, and I had to do it all <laughs> over again. I fell down there twice, yeah. So what? Um, how many times do you guys think you died, and like, what was the most difficult part in the game for you guys on your first playthrough, or only playthrough? Mine was definitely the jailer, um, the jailer boss. I, I couldn't do it alone. I had to look it up. When it's just your arms, right? With just the arms, yeah. How many times do you think you died throughout the game? Like, if you had to put a number on it, obviously you don't know the exact amount, but... I died, like, five times just on the side of the boat. So, um, maybe more. But I would say less than 20. Listen, I think I think I died more than you on my first playthrough. What about you, Brendan? Uh, we're only doing first playthrough. Yeah, yeah, just your first playthrough. Uh, not speedrun, because <laughs> that would be in the two hundreds. Um, <laughs> I would, I'd probably have to say maybe fifteen, twenty times. I'm probably around there. Yeah. What was the most difficult part? I think I had only died once during a boss battle every single other death was because i suck ass at platforming mm. <laughs> hands down it's i the amount of times where uh one of the first real like puzzles you have i know i think it's the second puzzle where you jump onto that square cylinder that has the chain you climb up the chain jump off you pull down the lever so that the box moves up and you have to move it from the right to the left the the lever uh, the amount of times that i died just doing that it, i think that was the most times i died and that was I'm like sitting... one of the easiest platforms to do I'm, i suck no no dude <laughs> totally these games are, are are really hard in that way like i probably i want to say 15 to 20 but i'm i think i might be more honestly on my first playthrough because i tried to do like on these games i always try to like see what I can get away with mm -hmm. for certain jumps and stuff like that. So like there's a lot of times I die just by trying stuff out. Um the the whole chapters with the jailer were definitely the hardest for me. Cause I think that there's a lot of times where you're not supposed to know what you can get away with or not. Mm -hmm. Like as like when you're going um through like the part of the vents where he reaches his hands in and he kind of like feels around for you and you just see his arms. Like I died on that part like three or four times alone because it doesn't really telegraph like what you're supposed to do. So I think you're supposed to die until you kind of be like, okay, let's try this. No, let's try this. No, let's try this. And in that sense, in a lot of other games, I would be kind of annoyed, but with the quick turnaround time with respawns and stuff, like it didn't bother me. And then it felt kind of like it was part of the game was to kind of like trial by error. So I kind of, what would you guys think of the, the end fight with the the lady i kind of liked how it was easy easy but at the same time i don't i don't like it because i wish it was the final boss and i wish it was a little harder but i do like how in the story you're getting a little more sus sucking people's necks <laughs> and like gathering more energy so i guess it works for the story that you would be more stronger against this enemy i i don't think it has anything to do with your strength i think no. if anything it's a if again i'm going back to that that slave child sl slavery theory kyle i know you said you didn't want to bring it in so i apologize yeah, fuck it, we're here man <laughs> um i think that it's kind of uh 
pointing to the idea of the people that are in control of everything are really, you know, nine times out of 10, it's a, it's an 84 year old multi billionaire that's running these things. But these people at the top, they have all this power, but there's nothing to them. This is all that they have. So she's a frail woman that's afraid to look herself in the mirror because she realizes this is the one thing that she has in her life that she has control over. I think the only thing that could have made the last fight more difficult is if they added more platforming elements into it. Like maybe you have to mm-hmm. jump to certain like places in the room to get like an angle on her with the mirror. But I don't I think you struggled enough throughout the game that at this point they were done kind of throwing challenges at you and that they just wanted to to set the ending up. I think mm-hmm. that was more important to them than just creating another challenge. So, I mean, I thought the last fight was so epic and I love how the light changes and she's shifting around the room mm-hmm. and the music with the drums is going as she's like appearing and disappearing. I think it's just really done well with the like incorporation of the music and the ramp up of the drums and everything is just done really well. I I don't think they should have gone more difficult with it. I think it was fine how it was. Okay. Um, I don't have anything else. So if you guys want to bring in your uh, child slavery theories or maybe any other theories... I think we're good to take a break. I feel good about it. Sweet. I feel this great. is the time where we take our official ruminations of red rum. Thick, thick, milky, creamy piss break. Um, please enjoy this ad from the one of the other podcasts on the Ruminations of Red, red Rum Network. <laughs> ruminations, ruminations of Network. Ready to Rumble. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts. What's wrong, buddy? Nothing. That's the name of our podcast. Do you think anyone will know it's a reference to what some random SWAT team member said in that one scene in Terminator 2 after getting nailed in the back with a gas canister? Probably not, but they will get a regular dose of two lifelong gamer buddies on either side of the Pacific Ocean, delivering their view of video games with a retro emphasis every other week. That's cool. Welcome back, listeners. We are going to get into our final thoughts. But before we do, I have one more question. Ian, uh, Brennan, do you guys plan on playing Little Nightmares 2? And if you do, what are your expectations going into it? Uh, It's going to take me a while to muster up the, um, not courage, muster up the um, excitement. Yeah, the care (laughs) in the world to play the second game. That's fair. I usually take a break in between sequels, like a long break. I'm more like that now. Yeah. But before I used to, when I was younger, I used to jump right in like same day. But now I, I give it some time as well. What about you, Brennan? Uh, so I bought very little nightmares uh, on my phone. It was seven bucks, I think, because uh, I've been looking for a new phone game to just kind of play while I don't have anything to do. So I'm definitely going to play that, and I'm definitely going to get Little Nightmares 2 at some point. And I, I think I want to purchase the DLCs for this one. I think it's like 10 bucks for all three of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely playing it. 
And while we're with you, Brendan, go ahead and hit us with your final thoughts and rating. Very or little nightmares, twenty seventeen. Sorry, uh, very entertaining game. With like a lot of the games I've been playing recently, I'm bummed that I hadn't played them yet. Just like Ratchet and Clank with this, there's so many games that I just wish I didn't push off when I wanted to initially play them. This game is so entertaining. It's spooky. It has, I think, a good message to it. And I just, I appreciate how they tackled everything in this, even if I don't know what it meant. Uh, the boss fights were fun. It was, in, it was, it's an intuitive game, but once you pick up the intricacies of it, it all kind of comes together play style wise. So I'm gonna give it four gnomes or four out of five with a little gnomey heart. Four gnomes with a gnomey heart, you said? Yeah. Four out of five, and it gets a gnomey heart. Gnomey heart. Kyle. Number two pencil, number one of arts. I think this is a very unique game. I love it. I love the art style. Um, I love seemingly all the heart put into this game, down to the, the design of the world, to the characters. Um, I think it's very decently priced for what it is. I don't think it overstays its welcome. Uh, it's a very uh, tight, quick game. Um, it's great. I, I love it. I'd recommend it. I'm going to give this also a four out of five with a heart. With a heart? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, this movie. This movie. This game. I mean, this game. Sorry, I'm looking at Letterbox. Um, I really like the art style. I love stop motion. I love the amount of detail that was poured into this game and creating the lore something we can appreciate something the fans can appreciate make theories over i see a lot of fan arts uh if there's you know if there's a reddit channel or a reddit thread you know you made it right <laughs> um i'm also going to give this a four um four masks Four claymation masks and a and a gnome heart. I'm a gnome, which is an official ruminations of Red Run rating. Rate rating, raping, four stars and a heart. Deserve little nightmares. Twenty seventeen. How you guys feel about that? Um, two episodes down. Two. I want to play game episodes down. Two. Four out of five games. Um. Yeah. No. Three. 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 Oh, I forgot we did Bloodwash. Yeah. And then also got oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, so very cool. Let's play a shitter next time. Come on. Yeah, guys. we gotta play a shitter, right? Like uh I'd like, love to waste like, my money. Sl on like Slender the Arrival. Games. Slender the Arrival. <laughs> Slender the Arrival, I heard it's kinda kinda mid, but I'm super down to play that. So Yeah, I hear that's one of the best games ever so um but i've heard i've only heard i haven't played it or anything um but if i have played it I like 20 minutes long so you would love it i would probably <laughs> say that i played it with a friend um and he made me play the whole thing we were supposed to play it together but he made me play the whole thing um and i asked to take turns but he was like no nah, just keep going you're almost there um <laughs> and then i was scared the entire time um but i finished it nice that's if I play the game, but um, 
we are going to get into America's favorite game show, What's in the Box? A game show that we do over Letterboxd, uh, which is a movie site where fans can come and rate and review movies alike. And um, it's a good time all around. Today, our contestants will have the possibility to get four points for each of these three rounds. One point for guessing uh, 0.3% away from the average letterbox rating. Another point for guessing the decade the film was made in. Another point for getting the exact year. And a bonus point for giving the exact rating of what I gave the film. No. Oh. Contestants, are you ready? You know, real Shit, quick. I wish I would have listened to the rules because I was tuning them out. Um, but I heard something about what Ian rated, so I think yeah. I, I think I, I think I know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I had a shower thought the other day. We have listeners in over thirty countries. Thirty, I know it's crazy, right? And we thank all of you. So I, there's, there's how many countries in the world? There's, there's a lot, but no one knows for sure. I I feel like 30 is a is is a great number. We'd love to have more, but 30 is good. So I think we can officially say with 30 countries as listeners that this is the world's favorite podcast game. I, I think we can say it. Oh my god! Yeah, I think we can do. I'll just do the sheesh. Yeah, I just did it. Just did it. That was such a boom and, dude. And it was natural too. <laughs> like that's the crazy thing is it wasn't me like imitating it. It wasn't me like mocking it. Yeah. That was a real sheesh, guys. No, just want you guys to know that. Sheesh. Genuine sheesh. Hashtag genuine sheesh. All right. <laughs> we are ready. Question. Number one, three visionary tales, one unforgettable place. Across different eras, a poor family, an anxious developer, and a fed-up landlady become tied to the same mysterious house in this animated dark comedy. 3.2. Three points. 3.6. <laughs> B, space, K... So we got a 3.6 from Brendan and a 3.2 from Kyle. Two. No one is starting with donuts. You guys are both getting a point there. That is very surprising. That never happens. Um, you just broke my brain with that. What? <laughs> Nobody's getting donuts because you both get a point. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is sitting at a 3.5. Guess the decade. I just want to also say that year to date, it's at six six six. So the number of the beast. So that yeah. means we should tie this. Correct. So okay. okay. So then you two are winning against whatever. Me. No, no, no one gets a point if we tie. So that way it stays six six six. Oh, I thought it means we both hit a yeah, point. That's what happened. Oh, last I, time. I don't remember the rules of this game. Guess the decade. I give the bottle cap a 7 out of 10. Um, <laughs> decade is... 2000s, right? It's got to be. I'll say 90s. Or 2010s. Nah, two, 2000s. 
So 2010s. 90s is a good guess, though. No, 2000s. 2000s from Kyle. No, I say 2000s. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Last time I'll change it. Sorry. 90s from Brendan. 2010s from Kyle. From from Keeley. Go go ahead. It seems too late, but go ahead. I'll give you a second chance. Go ahead. No, no, no. 2010s. Well, that is great because you guys are both incorrect, obviously. Uh, This is the 2020 film, sorry, 2022 film, The House. And there are three directors attached to it. It is an anthology film. Um, Guess my rating for the next point. I'll check Letterbox real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's got to be 3.5, right? It, it it wasn't until recently where Ian's giving everything a five now. So I have not given a single thing a five. He's like, oh, fucking Spider-Man five. Fucking I gave that a four. Uh, Transformers oh, five. Uh, fucking Flash five. It's like, oh, fuck, I you're not a one. Anyway. <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys about that, but uh, I feel like Please three don't. point. I feel like three point five is a really good answer, but I also don't want to take your answer. No, I'll take it, dude. Because remember, if we tie, we both get ahead of Ian, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to say, do we have to guess if he gave it a heart or not? No. Okay, I'm going to say 3.5 and a heart, because this sounds very Ian, but was somewhat let down by something. Mm. That is exactly how I felt. You guys know me too well. This is, I gave this a 3.5. Yeah. With a heart, though. Nope, no heart. No heart, actually. Yeah. No. Interesting. Um, number two, you guys are both sitting at two, two. Don't get another cup of coffee. Love will give you life during the rise of fascism. Fast, fascism, 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 holy, Wavern. Mussolini's Italy, a wooden boy brought magically to life, struggles to live up to his father's expectations. Are we not doing horror movies anymore? I guess not. Um... I'm going to go with four. Because if, if this is Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it 4.2 fuck Ian's out of five. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. I forgot. I thought we were doing Ian's rating. I'm sorry. We're guessing the average letterbox rating. No, 4.2 is high. What am I thinking? Four. Uh, yeah, 3.9 fuck Ian's out of five. And then Brennan. <laughs> I said four. I'll stick with that. Okay. Brennan gets two points. Kyle, fuck mm. you. Kyle gets one point. <laughs> right. Ian's this, taking a point away for that one. This is <laughs> sitting at 4.0. Um, guess the decade. 2020s. 2020s. You guys both get the extra point. Guess the exact year. Do you know which one? 20. It's got to be 22. No, it came out this year, didn't it? 2023? Didn't it? Didn't it? I don't know. Didn't it? Uh, <laughs> fuck it. I'll go 2023. No, it's 2022. It's 2022. Brennan, what are you going with? I'll stick with that as well. Gotcha. Two cop-out answers and two right answers. This is the 2022 directed by Guillermo del Toro. Gilly. 
Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Good old Gilly. What did I give it for the extra point? Huh. I'm going to say four. Yeah, well, how much I feel about that. It could go either way. Fucking. (laughs) Shut (laughs) up. (laughs) It could go either way. You know, it could be like. I, I, I'm Ian and I own stop motion. I'm the only person in the fucking world that likes it. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. Or it can go he the other route did. where he has that mindset and he's like, it didn't live up to my done expectations. It you know, it's not the. So I'm going to go. I'm just taking any chance I can to shit on Ian. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go 4. Oh. 4.0. You were giving it a 4.0, and Brendan, what was yours? I said 4. You said with a heart. 4. With a heart. With a wooden boy heart. It might be 4.5, but I'm going to stick with 4. Both going with 4. Both cop-out answers again, and both hitting you with donuts. I give this a heart with a 4.5. Made me cry. You got to give it a 4.5 for that. Final. Oh, round. I know why I made you cry. <laughs> you make me cry, Kyle. That's why okay. I gave you four point five. Good. Continue. Um. Final round. We are sitting at Brendan six, Kyle five. Fuck you, Kyle. Uh. Last one. Be careful what you wish for. When Blank moves into an old house, she feels bored and neglected by her parents. She finds a hidden door with a bricked up passage. During the night, she crosses the passage and finds a parallel world where everyone every Everybody has buttons instead of eyes. When with caring parents and all her dreams coming true. Good. This is obviously sleepaway camp two. <laughs> I'm gonna say four point one. That's that's good. I've been hitting the fours today. I'm gonna stick with a four flat. I think it's higher, dude. I think it might be like 4.2. But I'm going to stick with 4.1. I'm going to go 4.2. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go 4.1. Last time. I'm conflicted this episode, guys. I'm sorry. 4.1. And Brennan went with? 4. 4? 4.1? Kyle clearly fuck you look this up because this is a 4.1 average rating on letterbox Brendan you at least get one point I love you uh guess the decade see that I don't know so do you want me to go first I don't either I feel like it's on the cusp you know it's on the cusp of 2000s and 2010s but I think it's Okay, I think I'm going to say 2010s. I'll say 2000s. You might be right. Brendan gets the extra point. This is 2000 and... Let me bet. It's got to be cusp, dude. It's got to be. This is almost the second time I've been fucked out of a decade point. I'm not... I'm <laughs> it's got to be, it's gotta be cusp, bro. 2007. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, no. I, just and for it's a good thing I didn't fuck you out of that point because you get no point. This is 2009. Cuss, man. Henry Selick. Guess my rating. Damn. So uh, Kyle, Ian, you can you can tie it up. Ian rating is you do have the ability to tie it up. 
I know in his heart it's a five, right? But I don't know if he's capable of giving good movies that score. So I'm going to say four. I think that's lowballing it, honestly. I'm going to go 4.5. One of you is right. <laughs> it's me. Just give me the point. One of you <laughs> takes this game. It's me. Give me the point. And the Wait. other also takes this game. Kyle gets the extra point. <laughs> Fuck you. This is, I gave it a four and a half stars with a heart. So year to date. Uh, do you guys both get the point on that one? Yeah. Since you tie? Yeah. Yes. So year to date, we are sitting at Ian six. Brennan and Kyle, seven. Brennan, how do you feel that we've turned this whole year around and... Ian went from was, having a huge two, two, humongous lead. It only took like four new episodes. Without to me. being in dead last. How do you feel? Let's just say, Kyle. Mm-hmm. That's my name. Next week's, next episode's What's in the Box might just help us with that lead a little bit. Oh. I like Stay it. Stay spooky, folks. <laughs> He's ending <laughs> the episode. Let's get out of here. <laughs> With that being said, if you like what we're doing here and you like podcasts, go find us on literally anything you can find podcasts on. We are on anything. Tell them, Kyle. Anything. Anything. Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes. Please give us ratings like you have been. We really appreciate it. We're sitting in like 36 ratings on Apple Podcasts and we have... uh, We're in double digits on uh, Spotify. So let's just keep them going. Let's keep them going. I have been your host. Ian to ease the ghost of Tsushima. Um, and with me, Kyle, number two pencil, number one of our hearts, the 20th doctor. Stay spooky, folks. And Brendan, Mr. Fantastic, the one and only stretchy boy, Lance Armstrong. Stretcher Armstrong. Uh, Hail Ratma and uh, what's my other one? Oh, Fuck Space. I think that's my other one. Owen Michael. That's it.